thank you for another day. Thank you for the special time of this year when we uh, reflect on at the right time you sent your son. And uh, it was for our sin, Father, you said, it's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born so that we could be born. Thank you for uh, the, the gospel, Father, and how it has changed our lives and working on our hearts. Uh, from the inside out, you're making us more and more like your son. Thank you for this morning, a chance to uh, stay on that path and to hear and to consider uh, the story of another and to see how our story fits into to his. Father, use this time in each of our lives to continue to conform us to the image of your Son. We give you this morning now in Christ's name. Amen. 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 So this morning I'd like to introduce uh, John Rivera. He's been a, a good friend for many years. Um, he's the founder of Vive Consulting. And in case you're wondering, the Vive means revive, bring revival into uh, people's lives and uh, in that kind of way. Mentors for leaders, pastors, business people. And on his bio, it says he's uh, passionate about inspiring others. And, and I think that's true, but I, I would add that he's also passionate about serving others. I've I known John Sammy could attest to this too. Uh, he's a good family man, the Bergen County guy, and uh, he written his first book called The Climb, which uh, which he has some uh, copies here. But it's a, it's a good book. I've read it. Uh, it's very it's very practical about leadership. And, and the thing I like about the book is um, he adds some spiritual warfare kind of elements and talks about uh, fear and breakthrough and some real stuff that we all battle with. And uh, I noticed when I was reading, like it's kind of some zip ons fast, but. You know, this, uh, this is good. This is a good book. But John's also a uh, regional manager of Billy Graham Association, my guy's licensed association for this area. And uh, he, he said, uh, if you want to sign up for the magazine, there's like a three, six month subscription and sign up sheet here if you want it. And uh, I don't have to say much about Billy Graham, uh, Billy Graham's organization. So, um, yeah, so I just want to introduce him. Uh, so, being this is the last uh, meeting of the year, uh, it's an important one, right? New Year's coming. Uh, we all got trying to finish the year strong. But I was thinking, like, if you want to finish strong, why not bring in a Rivera? Good morning, man. It's truly a blessing to be here today. I, I've had the, the pleasure of, of joining this group over the years a couple of times, but I uh, wanted to thank Matt, Sam, and, and Tom for, for having me here. Um, they must have forgotten a few things about me. They, they invited me. Um, you ready? You ready? There goes your reputation. Um, but it, it's truly a blessing to be here. And, and as Tom mentioned, I'm, I'm honored to be here during this final meeting of the year, if you would. Uh, because as he said, you know, it, it, it's, it's a time for us as men to reflect, to kind of assess, what have I done this year? Where have I gone with the Lord? And what has he spoken to me? And lastly, how have I responded? And um, everybody's tired of hearing of how horrible the last two years have been and how tough, but it has been, and we can't overlook that. And uh, right before COVID started, I, I, I decided to go in for, for neck surgery. I knew it was going to be out for the count for about 10 months, and I said, let me write a book. 
<laughs> Never thought of it. Let me try it, you know. And by God's grace, he gave me the honor to put together some thoughts that um, my prayer is would be catalytic in, in, in helping men and women move forward in their purpose. Um, but as I wrote this book, I realized that I started out, because I'm in, into leadership and helping pastors and uh, uh, organizational leaders create some strategies to move forward, practical leadership principles. But as I wrote this book, I realized that's not my, my purpose for this book, John. Yeah, throw some leadership stuff in there. My heart, my desire, the Lord put in, in, in my spirit was, I want the inner leader to be whole. I want this book to speak to the spirit man. I want this book to challenge the heart of the man. Yeah, put some principles and ideas in there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to be successful as a minister, as the head of an organization, a nonprofit, uh, a business, and you're a believer, then you want to be in alignment with the Father. You want to succeed? Then be in alignment with the Lord. And that's the heart behind this book. So if, if you ever pick it up, that's what you're going to receive. It's about spiritual warfare. It's about preparing as a leader internally. And one of the key things that, that um, I focus on, or I start the book on, is the idea of a man's journey. In the first chapter of the book, I call it 421. And I'll get into that in a second. And it's about, you know, I call it the climb because it's about the climb to the summit. We hear that analogy often, and, and I know it's a little tired already, but, you know, and, and when I started writing this, I said, God, please, another uh, mountain analogy. But as I started to write and realize, God wants us to go deeper with him. And I think we've taken for granted the concept of climbing, the concept of responding to the call of God in our lives. So the start of this book, and what I want to kind of touch on this, this morning is that subject, that idea of climbing, the climb that God has called us to. As we read throughout Scripture, one of the things I've realized as I began penning this book is that the Bible is replete with, with stories and analogies about mountain, the, 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 the journey of a man to the summit, the call of God to the mountaintop, where God resides, etc. One of the interesting things that I that I came up with as I was reading this, or writing this, was we ascend to the mountaintop, and that's where God descends. Think about that. The mountaintop that we ascend to, he descends to. That's how high and lofty our God is. And when we start our journey with that perspective, that the God that I'm going to meet is coming down to meet me, it starts to shift the paradigm of our journey as leaders, as men, as husbands, as business owners. We serve a mighty God. His standards are high. His expectations are high because his message to us is, if you're journeying with me, then I can't expect great things from you because I'm going to do the heavy lifting. I'm going to carry the heavy load. Just be obedient. Respond to my voice. There are a couple of scriptures that I, that I came across that I thought would be uh, good to read. Um, and I'll start with Psalm 24. A lot of these scriptures are very known to us, very much known. Psalm 24, 3 to 5 says, Who can climb Mount God? Um, who can scale the holy north face? I love the way this version uh, puts it. 
only the clean-handed, only the pure-hearted, men who won't cheat, women who won't seduce. God is at their side. With God's help, they make it. This, Jacob, is what happens to God-seekers, to God-questers. In uh, another version I, I, I read in Matthew chapter 5, another scripture that really touched my heart, um, and it says, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Now, this is the part I love. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. I love that. His climbing companions. The idea that we're not climbing alone, that Jesus is actually saying, if you decide to climb, this climb will be with me. You're not alone. We're going to journey together. Do you want to do this with me, son? It's a decision that God is calling us to. So I wanted to point out some, some really well-known, but I think pivotal and, and life-changing mountain stories in Scripture to kind of set the stage for what I believe God wants to do in our hearts and minds as we come to the close of this year. I think that if we position ourselves as men at this juncture in history, not in our little simple lives, but in history, we can be world changers. Does anyone believe that that can happen? Just slip your hand up if you believe that. Okay, I, I won't get Pentecostal with you right now. Just think about the possibility of being a world changer. I don't care what you've done, whether you've succeeded, failed, or whatever. We are positioned now in history to be used by God to be world changers. It's not just a, a flippant term or idea. It is true. In the time that we are living, God is looking east and west and asking, who can I use? Who can I call up to the mountain to partner with me, to be my climbing companions, to change this world in the 11th hour. Sometimes God calls us to different mountaintops, to different um, purposes on the top of each mountain. And I jotted down a couple here. One of the, the mountains that, that, that we hear about is Mount Carmel, where our, our buddy Elijah um, is called to a very unique call. He's called to the mountaintop for a purpose that some of us try to avoid. He was called into a battle, a spiritual battle against the leaders, the, the, the priests of Baal. He was called to confront a false god. Is God calling you into a battle this season and you've been vacillating because you're tired? I've battled this whole COVID situation. My, my, I lost my business or I lost a loved one. I'm sure if I went across this room, some of you, like I, lost a dear, close, close, a member of your family or a friend or a co-worker, associate, to COVID. And the thought of engaging in a greater battle is daunting. But in this case, we see God calling Elijah to an unfair battle, one against many. They made a lot of noise. They were scary. They were messy. But God called them there. Perhaps God is calling you to a place of spiritual warfare on behalf of your family, your ministry, business. Is that the mountaintop that God is calling you to? There's another mountain that uh, we are very familiar with, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is the place where God called Moses. In that place of intimate 
awe-inspiring confrontation, if you would, between God and, and, and this man called Moses, God revealed his heart through his desire to bring structure and order, through precepts, through through, through laws and guidance to his people. Is God calling you to a place where he's saying, enter into my word. I'm calling you to a very unique call, man of God. I'm calling you, my son, to a place that you need to just literally, not literally, but consume my word. I don't want you to eat paper and butter. It's not going to be But think about it. Without the word of God, there's no way that you will succeed in business, in life, in anything. If you're a believer, we need the Word of God. Is God calling you to that mountaintop where He's saying, eat of my Word, I have a purpose for you. Whether it is to teach or to pastor or to minister to your to your colleagues or those who, who work for you or with you, what is God calling you in this season? Man of God. We can't do it without Him. He's always inviting us to a special place on the mountaintop. There's another one, uh, Mount Tabor, one very special um, encounter in the Bible on a mountaintop. Uh, Mount Tabor is what we normally refer to as the, the transfiguration, where Jesus transfigured, he was transformed. There's a transformative experience that God is calling some of us to, where we see him as he is, where we experience him in the fullness of who he is, where we go past the religion, the, the routine, and we say, God, I want to see you. I want to experience the fullness of who you are, God. That takes boldness, it takes courage, because who's ready to see God the way he is, to experience him in his power, in his authority, in his holiness? But God is calling some of us to that mountaintop. He called, uh, Jesus called Peter, James, and John to accompany him, and they witnessed something that was, I can't even begin to fathom what that was like. It was so awe-inspiring that they uh, they wanted to establish altars right there and start worshiping them and invite the crowd to perhaps sell tickets to the show. But Jesus said, no, 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 this is not what it's about. You see, the mountaintop experience is often a very intimate experience, very personal experience between you and God. And in this case, God is saying, come up, I want to show you who I am. I want to show you uh, uh, the power that lies within me, but I also want to transform you, my son. And in this encounter, you hear the voice of God saying, affirming, Jesus, this is my son, I'm well pleased in him. How awesome would it be to climb a mountain and hear that, not only about what God is doing in your life, but to hear the voice of God saying, My son, I'm well pleased with you. Abide in me, follow me, serve me. Too many men these days are taking the easy way out because there's so much noise, it's easy for us to hide. And you guys know what I mean by that. It's easy to hide in the noise, in the shadows of those who are serving and leading. It's very easy. We can play the role, but is that what God is calling us to? So we've looked at, at Mount Sinai, Mount Tabor, and I want to I want to circle down and, and wrap up with this idea. Um, Mount Moriah, that's the mountain that God called our buddy Abraham to. 
And that's the core or the crux of the first chapter of my book. And the concept there of 421 is something I want to share. God called Abraham to the top of this mountain. It was a very ambiguous call. It weren't, he didn't provide a strategic plan, a five-year plan, or an audio tape, or, or video, or nothing. He said, go and I'll show you. Not only did he not tell him exactly where he was going, he didn't give him details of how it was going to happen or what he was going to do, but Abraham responded to the father with a simple what? Yes. The Bible says the next morning he rose up and he went. But what I want to point out here is an interesting process, the 4-2-1, and this is something that applied, that can be applied to our lives spiritually. It can be applied to your organization. How many of you are leaders of an organization or business? Just a quick show of hands. Okay, a good number of you. Um, so here we see a man called by God, and he's responding to God. Let me try on our time here. Um, and so what the Bible doesn't get into the details of is what happened behind the scenes. Because it says the next morning he rose up and he went. But he didn't go alone. There were four men engaged in this journey. Hence the, the first number in 421. There are four men. We have Abraham, Isaac, and two servants. Now when Abraham, I guarantee you, he was a leader. He was an elite leader of his day. So I'm sure that when he decided to take these two leaders, these two servants, he didn't just randomly grab two guys. He said, I'm going on a journey through the desert, up a mountain. Who can I use? He began a process of discerning who is equipped to make, to make sure that we get there. And I, and I know that right away he thought, okay, I'm, I, Tom and Sam, Tom. Tom and Sam, where are you? Tom, okay, you guys are coming with me. Sam, you're a good cook. You know how to protect me if there's a wild animal. Yeah, because you're a ninja. And uh, so he chose the two men who were going to accompany him. Isaac, the poor guy, had no choice in it, so he was going to come no matter what. And the four men began a journey. The four men started to journey, but at some point as you read the story, it becomes two, four, two. The two is uh, the, the, the part of the journey where it's just the father and the son, Abraham and Isaac. You see, in this 4-2-1 process that God often takes us to, many times we start our journey of ministry business with God. But when we want to get higher and deeper in what God is calling, he'll often start to put us through a stripping process. A stripping of our identity, a stripping of what we know, what we can do, also a stripping of the people that we surround ourselves with. There are people that come into our lives for a season. There's some who begin with us and end with us, but there's some who come for a season. And God is calling us to a place of discernment where we know when somebody starts and when somebody ends. Sometimes we go through turmoil because we really think we need that guy or that gal in our lives to move forward. But God is saying, no, trust me. So the journey gets to a place where it goes from four guys, and Abraham looks over and says, Sam, come, chill here for a minute. Uh, don't kill your batteries. I'll be back. We're going to worship, and we'll come back. There was a statement of faith there. The two men continue the journey. What I love about this part of the journey is that here you have Abraham and Isaac, they, they begin their leg of the journey, and they begin a conversation that could not have taken place in the company of the other two men. You see, in those days, that, as you know, if you read culture and scripture, there was great um, um, importance placed on 
on honor and, and respect and, and submitting to leadership. And a son would never question his father in front of the servants. But if it was just father and son, he could say that. I see we have this, we have this, but where's the sacrifice? And an intimate conversation ensues. And this is a, 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 a point of decision, a turning point for us as men, where God starts to strip us of certain things, of people and gifts and abilities and resources, so that we become more intimate with him and start having conversations that we would otherwise not have with our peers and those who journey with us. This is a conversation that takes place that allows the young man to prepare for what is about to take place. There's still questions, but he's now receiving a ministry from the Father that otherwise he would not have gotten if he stayed, Abraham stayed with the two guys as well as the son. So the two men journey, and God is often calling us to that place of intimacy, not only with him, but with other men. We can't survive and succeed in silos. We need to reach out and partner. We need to open up our hearts and say, uh, brother, I need you in my journey. I need accountability. I need you to help me succeed. These are my dreams. And God will bring revelation into your life, into your heart and mind as to who these men are, when they should come in, and when they should exit. Again, it's okay for people to walk in and out of our journey because that's the design that God has put in place. Then lastly, four, the four men, the two, now the one, four, two, one. One is the place that even though two men reached the summit, the place of sacrifice, Abraham and Isaac, God had called one man to this task, Abraham. He had spoken to Abraham, the one man. There are certain things in your journey no matter whether you have one or many around you, there are certain things that God is calling you to that only you can do. There's a call on your life that God is putting before you. There's a task at hand that has your name and only your name, and God is saying, will you respond to this? Will you obey? My question to you is, what is that call? What is that purpose? If I were to go through this room or have a, a, a private room and sit with some of you one-on-one -on -one and ask you, what is that thing that God has called you to? How many of you are prepared to say, this is what it is? Because God speaks, the question is, are we listening? He's always speaking. We don't often listen. We're too busy. As we come to the close of this year, my my hope, my desire, my challenge to you is that you begin to ask the Lord, which mountaintop are you calling me to, Lord? Is it a spiritual battle that I need to confront in order to move forward? Is it a deeper relationship with your word? What is it, God? Or is it a sacrifice that you're calling me to embrace so that I can experience the greater purpose, the greater relationship, the deeper intimacy? I want to leave these thoughts with you, and I want you to think about that. Um, I, I want you to, to, to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable. I'll say that again. I want you to feel comfortable feeling uncomfortable as you come to the close of this year. I want to challenge you to have these difficult conversations with God that says that my time is up. <laughs> that says to him, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm hungry, I trust you. Four to one. Think about your journey. 
Allow God to do what he wants to do. And I guarantee you that you will be blown away by what God has in store for you. God bless you. Let's put God in here, right? Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for uh, the challenge that John has uh, shared with us about being willing to shed uh, maybe resources, uh, habits, uh, maybe even people that we're wrongly dependent on, uh, principally because we're not trusting you. Father, give us the confidence to trust uh, more in you uh, this coming year, Father. Uh, to lean in to you and to your voice and to your spirit and to uh, stop looking at life as if we can figure everything out ourselves and, uh, and keep those bad habits. Father, we also want to lift up uh, our young people. Yes. The fact that this TikTok uh, scare is going around, our younger generation is just plagued with anxiety and yes. depression and each of us probably sees it because we have kids that are surrounded by it. So Father, we want to lift up the young people of this generation. That yes. You would be the source of their peace and their joy and their comfort yes. as you are ours. Father, we thank you. We ask to bless each and every home that's represented in this room uh, this Christmas season. And Father, give us all a challenge to find a new way uh, to lift you up, yes. to increase you, to decrease us uh, this holiday season and this coming week. Father, we thank you again. And we pray these things in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.